Chapter 27 of History of the Norwegian People, Volume 1 by Knut Gershet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 27 Norway and the Normans. The great Viking army, consisting chiefly of Danes, which had harried the Netherlands and the region about the Seine in northern France, suffered a great defeat in 891 and left France for England. In 896 it was again defeated by Alfred the Great, and a large part of the army disbanded and settled in East Anglia and Northumbria. A small band returned to the mouth of the Seine. This was constantly joined by other Viking forces, and a new army of invasion was soon formed, of which the Viking chieftain Rollo, or Rolf, Gungarolf, became the leader sometime before 911. He was defeated in a campaign against Chartres, but the army was held ready for a new attack at any favorable moment. The king of France, Charles III, also called Charles the Simple, was too sorely troubled by rebellious nobles to bring an efficient force into the field against the Vikings. He probably pursued the best plan possible under the circumstances when he offered Rolf a large tract in northern France, and the hand of his daughter Gisela in marriage, on condition that he should swear fealty to the king of France and embrace Christianity. Rolf accepted the order, and in 911 a treaty was concluded at Clair-sur-Epte, by which he received the territory between the river Epte and the sea, a grant which the Norsemen interpreted to mean the lands between the Somme and the borders of Brittany. In the following year Rolf was baptized. The tract embraced in this new duchy of Normandy had been devastated by repeated Viking incursions and many districts were almost depopulated, but Rolf, with the energy and talent for organization characteristic of the Vikings, soon established peace and order in his dominions. The land was parceled out among his followers, serfdom disappeared here a couple of centuries earlier than in the rest of Europe, agriculture began to flourish, and the population increased rapidly. The cities were rebuilt, and trade and commerce developed as never before, so that Rouen, the capital of the province, soon became one of the great commercial centers of northern Europe. Rolf established the laws used in the Viking settlements elsewhere, and these were felt to be so wise and equitable that he was called the great lawgiver. He was harsh, but just and his reign was long remembered as a period of prosperity and peace. He seems to have possessed the resolute will, the energy, and talent for government which characterized his descendants, the illustrious race of Norman dukes, kings, and crusaders. The story is told that the bishop requested Rolf to kiss the king's foot in token of his gratitude for having received so great a gift, but he answered, Never will I bend the knee before the knees of any, and I will kiss the foot of none. He ordered one of his followers to kiss the king's foot, but the man did it so awkwardly that the king fell backward and great merriment resulted. The question as to Rolf's, Old Norse Hrolfer, or Rollo's identity, whether he was a Dane or a Norseman, has been much discussed by historians and scholars in the north, ever since the 16th century. The earliest account of Rolf and the Dukes of Normandy is a work written by Dudo of St. Quentin, completed about 1015. Dudo says that Rollo's father was a great chieftain in Dacia, who had never bent his knee before a king. Therefore the king hated him, and at his death attacked his dominions and his two sons, Rollo and Gorm. Rollo had to flee, and went first to the Isle of Skansa, Scandinavia. Later he came to England and Friesland, and finally to France. Later Danish historians, as Warsak, Fabricius, and especially Steenstrup, have sought to prove that Dacia is the same as Denmark, that Rollo was a Dane, and that he is not the same person as Rolf or Gangerolf. The Norse sagas have preserved another tradition, according to which Rolf, or Rollo, was a Norwegian, the son of Ragnvald Murejarl, the friend of King Harald Horfagre. The Fagashina says Gangarolf Jarl was the son of Ragnvald Murejarl, 
and a brother of Jarl Tora Tegjande, and of Tor Vinar in the Orkneys. Harald Horfagr's saga, in the Heimskringla, says that Ragnvald Murrayarl has the sons Rolf and Thora with his wife Hild. But he had also some bastard sons, among them Tor Vinar. Rolf was a great Viking, and was so big that no horse could carry him, and he was therefore called Ganga Rolf, Rolf the Walker. One summer, coming from a Viking expedition in the east, he ravaged a district in Viken, the district around the Christiania fjord. This aroused King Harald's wrath, and he banished him. Rolf then went to the Hebrides, Sudriar, and thence to northern France, Valland, where he won for himself a great jarldom, since called Normandy. From him descended the Dukes of Normandy. The Norwegian historians P. A. Munch, E. Sars, and especially G. Storm and Alexander Bugge, uphold the account of Rolf given in the sagas, and maintain that it must be accepted as true in its main features. They have shown that Dudo is very unreliable, that he considers Dacia to be the Dacia of the ancients, and that he uses Daci as a name to designate both Danes and Norsemen. It is also noteworthy that Rolf, or Rollo, is not mentioned by Saxo Grammaticus, or any other Danish writer. Alexander Bugge, who has lately published the results of his thorough researches touching this question, makes the significant remark that the trouble has been that in the discussion of the question the two accounts have been placed over against each other, and the question has been, which one is true? whereas the effort must be made to explain both in the light of Viking history. This he has done with a lucidity and thoroughness which leaves little doubt that Rolf and Rollo are the same person, and that the first duke of Normandy was the Rolf, or Ganger Rolf, the son of Ragnvald Murrayarl, spoken of in the sagas. That Rolf and Rollo are the same name cannot be doubted, says Bugge. William the Conqueror's standard-bearer in the Battle of Hastings was called Turstinus, Torstein, son of Rollo, and he is also called Turstinus, son of Rolf, Phileus Rolf. Rollo is also called Rollus. Bugge shows that the Norsemen found colonies in the island of Noirmoutier, and in the region by the mouth of the Lora in western France. This is also admitted by Steenstrup. Hasting, son of Atle Jarl of Fjallafirke, in southern Norway, has also been mentioned as the great chief of the Lora Vikings and the leader of the expedition against Rome. Dudo devotes the first book of his chronicle to Hasting, and describes him as the one who began the conquest of Normandy. The chronicler, Adamar of Chabanay, 988-1030, also makes it appear that the conquest of Normandy was begun by the Lora Vikings, first under Bard, and later under Hasting. William of Malmesbury, who wrote about 1120, mentions Hasting, and after him Rollo, as the leaders of the Vikings who conquered Normandy. He says that the leaders of the Normans were first Hasting and soon after Rollo, who descended from a noble family among the Norsemen. But its name had in course of time been forgotten. He was outlawed at the king's command, and left his native country with many who were outlawed and in debt, and who had joined him in the hope of better times. This account, written before Snorra's Heimskringla, or the Fagashina, agrees with the saga narrative. After the defeat in 891, the great army left France for England, as has already been stated. That Hasting and the Norse Vikings also joined it on this expedition seems certain, for shortly afterwards Hasting is found fighting in England against Alfred the Great, who finally defeated the whole Viking army in 896. The greater part of the army then disbanded, but a part returned to France. This part consisted of the Norsemen under Hasting. The Old English St. Neot's Chronicle, written in the 12th century, but based on still older Frankish annals which have been lost, states that Hasting sailed across the sea without gain and without honor 
and after having lost many of his followers, he reached the mouth of the Seine. After Hasting, one by the name of Hundius, or Hunadius, became leader of these Vikings at the mouth of the Seine. Sophus Bugge has shown that Hundius is the very rare name Huntjalf, Old Norse Huntjalfer, found in Norway, but not in Denmark. He seems to have been a relative of the King Huntjalf of Nordmer, who fought the Battle of Solskjell against King Harald Horfagre. The Frankish king, Charles the Simple, negotiated with Hundius and his Vikings, and in 897 an armistice was concluded, and the Vikings went into winter quarters at the mouth of the Lora. This shows that they came from the Lora colonies and that they were Norsemen. In 910, Rollo appeared as the leader of the Vikings at the mouth of the Seine, and the following year King Charles the Simple ceded to him the district which was later called Normandy. Professor Bugge shows that it is a Norman as well as a Norse tradition that Rollo was a Norseman. The old English laws, known as the laws of Edward the Confessor, state that King William the Conqueror said that the ancestors of nearly all the Norman barons came from Norway. These laws were written in 1130, and the words quoted show that the Norman kings regarded themselves as descendants of the Norsemen. All scholars agree that the Danes settled in Normandy in great numbers, but they seem to have arrived after the conquest was completed. Gustav Storm has shown that the old Danish writers have not preserved a single tradition about the colonization of Normandy by the Danes, but that the Roskilde Chronicle states that the Nordmani plundered Gaul, and that for fear of them King Charles of Francia granted them lands to inhabit which they still possess. And Ebba Hertzberg states that if the colonists in Normandy had been Danes, they would not have called themselves Normans or Northmen, but Danes. When Rolf died in 931, he was succeeded by his son William Longsword, who had been reared in the Christian faith by his French mother. Paganism was disappearing in Normandy, though many of the settlers still clung to the faith and customs of their ancestors. The Bayou district, which had been settled almost exclusively by the followers of Rolf, and by later emigrants from Scandinavia, was especially a Norse center. The people of this district retained their Norse speech and culture for many generations. They used old pagan devices on their shields, and in going into battle they would raise the old war cry, Thor Aid. William Longsor's son and successor was Richard the Fearless, whose daughter Emma married King Canute the Great of Denmark and England in 1017. His son, Duke Richard III, also called Richard the Good, was William the Conqueror's grandfather. Sometime before the conquest of Normandy, the Vikings had settled in the Channel Islands, Jersey, Guernsey, Chansey, and Alderney, the only islands on the French coast which still have the Norse termination E, island. Jules Lair has shown that Rolf received from the King of France the whole of present Normandy, and that Brittany became a dependency under the overlordship of the Norman dukes. Before many generations had passed, the Viking settlers accepted Christianity, and with it the French language and Christian culture. But their names, both personal and geographical, still showed their northern origin, and many of these are still in use. Their laws and social institutions were long preserved. They introduced into Normandy their own system of private ownership of land, and feudalism was not established there till in the 11th century. Here, as in the north, the laws were unwritten. Decisions were made according to common practice, which was proclaimed at the thing by a crier, Lovsigamond. These old laws were collected in La Veilleux, or Le Grand Coutumier, in 1270-1280. They were in use till the 16th century, when they were, in great part, replaced by the Roman law. Both in spirit and in appearance the Normans retained their northern traits, which even at the present time characterized the people of Normandy. They were tall and well-built, with blonde hair and blue eyes. Frequently overjealous of their own personal independence and honor, they were often quarrelsome, revengeful, and hard to govern. 
but they were honest and hospitable, loved adventure, and excelled in shipbuilding. Neither Christianity nor their own homes in pleasant and fertile Normandy could eradicate their bent for war and travel. Trading expeditions and pilgrimages to the Holy Land offered opportunities for some diversion of this kind, till the Crusades, knight errantry, and a new series of conquests made the old spirit blaze forth in new martial achievements. In 1016, forty tall and handsome Norman pilgrims returning from Palestine landed in southern Italy, where the Greeks and Lombards were fighting, and where the Arabs, who had conquered Sicily, were plundering. The Viking pilgrims helped Gaimar of Salerno to drive the Arabs away from his dominions. When he learned that these brave men were from Normandy, he sent messengers to induce more Norman warriors to come to Italy. Soon well-equipped fleets were headed for southern Italy, where new fields were found for warlike enterprise. The Normans gained permanent foothold by taking a castle in the swamps of Campania, and, also, the castle of Versala Normana. Soon the whole of Apulia and Calabria was in their hands, and Sicily was also taken. They also extended their conquests to the shores across the Adriatic. In 1082, Robert Guscard took a large part of Albania, and his son, Bohemund, continued the conquest. Many of the chieftains fighting in southern Italy had Norse names, as Asmundringat, Ankvitil, Rolf, Thorstein, and Stieg. William Ironarm, one of Tancred of Hauteville's twelve sons, became Count of Venosa and Apulia in 1042, and Roger, another son, became ruler of Sicily. William's successors were his three brothers, Drogo, 1046, Humphrey, 1051, and Robert Guscard, 1057. These warrior knights and others of their kind, like William the Conqueror and the great crusaders Robert of Normandy, Bohemund of Tarent, and his nephew Tancred, were types of Norman knights of the 11th century. Also in Norman literature, the old Viking spirit continued to live and express itself, especially in historic, epic romances of the Truvers. The somber and ponderous Chansons de Gestes, in which, as in the sagas and skaldic songs, great events and heroic deeds form the great theme. End of chapter 27